I have never had to see any of that. Oh. Images, nothing. Like, my life is clean from that. <laughs> Visually. Well. Wait, Jean, how much have you seen, actually? Can we please just start? Gosh, fucking <laughs> Jean. <laughs> PTSD! <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk about it! <laughs> he says, too much, too much. See, it's funny because Michelle and Kylie are the ones that are drinking, and yet I feel like I need a drink, even though I'm actually a little bit hungover. Um... <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Back our podcasters. <laughs> that's, where that, that's where that starts right there. For fuck's sake. Welcome back everyone to the After Hours Adventures podcast. I am your eternal dungeon master that is being traumatized every single day by my players, whether it is in campaign or out, and I am planning on doling out some of that trauma right back to them today. Um, I am joined uh, by Eric Miguel. Uh, <laughs> What the f- I'm afraid of trauma. <laughs> as- as you should be. Um, I- okay. Uh, we also have Kylie Gibson. I'm born and bred in trauma, bring it on. And we have Michelle on. <laughs> Hey guys, it's a trauma queen here. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Saderbug? It's it's your it's your girl trauma queen here. <laughs> Tell me why that sounds like the best rap name ever. Trauma queen? It's you honestly great. That. I agree with you. I agree with you, Kylie. That's Jesus her new Christ. rap name. K KY Intense and Trauma Queen hitting the oh scene. Oh my god. I can also be your drag name. That could be your drag name. I love that. Yeah, but I'd have to Trauma be a man queen. to do drag, right? Horrifying. I can't just be a woman. No, there's uh, drag kings. Right, there no. Drag kings. Can't, yeah. Trauma King. Right, but Trauma women king. don't oh. go out as women in drag. That's, yeah. that's oh. not how that, that's not how drag Actually, works. Actually, Trauma King evokes a different kind of mental image. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like Trauma Queen more than Trauma King. You know, I think what we've realized is that Eric, maybe this is your drag name. Yes. No. <laughs> all right, all right. We, we we really need to start on this today, guys. All right. Um. As you can tell, uh, this is going to be one of those episodes where we are not, in fact, all sober. Some of us had margaritas earlier today. Some of us are currently drinking. Others of us, because of a time difference, are actually already hungover. Um, but without further... Did you further... just admit to the listeners that we were sober for one of the episodes? <laughs> we literally said it on mic that we were sober. Did we... Yes, we sure, oh my fucking god. I'm fairly certain that we did fake clinks. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> god damn it, guys. Anyways. What is going on over there? I don't know. It's truly great that we're having so many laughs and so much happiness right now because I am fully ready as your dungeon master to take all of that away. Anyways, before we get started with today's episode, let's do a quick little recap. Kylie, are you okay? Jesus, she's red. She's a tomato. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle made one of those wheezy noises. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Um, 
All right, everyone. Um, <clears throat> was it from the front or the back? <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, was like, that was like a five second delay, but instead of the video, it was in your brain, Michelle. You my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Last time, our party finally cut the head off the chicken, burned him to a crisp, more like. Uh, the assassination of the prodigy of the Arantelli family went off without a hitch for the most part. While departing the illustrious mansion, our employed, no longer money-grubbing, trio were chased by a monstrous creature made of flame who was only stopped by the protective barriers around the property. After making a quick getaway in the gnome garlic merchant's garlic stand, they were able to surmise that the gnome was in fact Ivan in disguise. Ivan was pleased with their work, giving some backhanded compliments before doling out their reward. One question asked each, no strings attached. After their questions were asked, leaving more questions than answers, to be honest, he proceeded to drop off each of them at their homes, leaving Davina for last. While in the cart with Davina, a sinister energy took hold of their conversation as Ivan told Davina to drop the act and asked her why she had residual traces of the most powerful spell having been casted on her. The infamous wish spell and that is where we are now so to start the session um uh davina i would like for you to make a wisdom check i felt the need to bring the roll closer right out the gates fucking wisdom checking her (laughs) how did you make it sound like that 18. Uh, oh, shit. <clears throat> and she did well. A plus or money? Yeah, do I have a plus on that? <clears throat> For wisdom, you should. It's a it's a flat wisdom check, which means it's adding your wisdom modifier. Okay. Oh, right. Where you have access to that. Tucker um, shell wait, do I need the podcastle on, actually? I, cause, like, Probably I, not. I think it's, like, it's just bad. I don't, yeah, I don't you think you need podcastle on in your end. Is this your wisdom modifier, or is that a to save for saving those? Yes, it would be plus five. Plus five. No, so it's it's the number under your um under but your wisdom like stat. Oh, uh, then three. Okay, uh, eighteen um, plus three is twenty-one. Oh shit! 21. Okay. Um, so pretty damn high. Okay. Um, this is what happens. So after he says this to you, um, he, Ivan kind of narrows his eyes at your confused look. And then his sinister expression kind of stays, but without breaking eye contact, he just reaches a hand behind him into a bag that he has. And you see he kind of pulls out this bronze amulet. And you see in the middle of this amulet, there is an enormous tiger's eye stone with a green slit. It looks extremely golden and silky. And as you find your eyes kind of drawn to it, I mean, this is, you know, one of those pretty gems Davina, I'm assuming, would be drawn to it. Um, You see that the green slit in the middle of it dilates like an actual tiger's eye before you feel a piercing throbbing feeling in the back of your head as if somebody has driven a like a a spike into your skull ow that really hurts 
as you stare at it and exclaim this, um, you see the slit blinks. And when it opens, you see yourself inside of it. Like, is this like a mirror image of me? So you 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 wonder this, and you lean a little bit closer, um, kind of ignoring Ivan at this point. <clears throat> but as you look inside of it, you see that it is not how you are now. You see that this Davina is taller, is more scarred, more her posture is a little bit more slunk, like she's she. It looks like she has some kind of weight on her. Her hair has been chopped short and her eyes are devoid of their usual cheerfulness. You see that a sickening burn covers both of her arms, and she is adorned in twisted and spiky leather armor. What's stranger, the purple tint of her skin has gotten much, much darker than yours. She almost looks just fully gray. As you're kind of staring more and more, getting drawn into this uh, figure... Suddenly, the Davina inside of the tiger's eye turns quickly, looking straight at you, locking eyes. Wait, the, Gene, I the, thought I was gray. This person is even darker than you. Oh, okay. Um, and I as you, you I thought she was purple too. It's fine. It, it's not super important for it, but um, um, previous character, character was. While we've uh, already oh, been right. in a little bit of an interruption, uh, is this tiger eye thing similar to or the same as that eye that we saw earlier in the campaign in the the tavern? Mister Tucker, you are not currently there in person. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a yes. I will say for for Michelle's benefit, because Michelle is currently there, it's not the same eye. Oh. It's a different gem. But as you are staring at it, uh staring at it, the figure suddenly kind of turns to you very quickly, like sharply, and locks eyes with you. Um, as you lock eyes with this figure, you you feel your eyes almost stuck open, staring as uh, a series of images just flashes quickly, and you quickly realize that this is from birth to now. You 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 witness everything for the first time. You you witness uh, seeing Nauster for the first time, him slinking out of a tree. You remember your first time having a. a a hush puppy from the bakery. You you start to remember everything in quick, quick succession up until this very moment. And with a 21 wisdom saving throw, you are able to re, re uh, you are able to retain consciousness if briefly as you blink and your mouth opens to speak, but you don't have control of yourself. Breaking sleep paralysis. Ivan, it's great to see you again. 
even even in this state you can still see through your eyes and feel your your yourself speaking however you do not have control of your your body currently and possessed looking through your eyes you can see ivan's expression and up until this moment he has been the kind of person to where everything that happens he has been it seems like in the loop in some way he has not shown surprise ever and yet in this moment he is frozen with surprise he his mouth is slightly open he he just doesn't seem to have any words to say and in that moment you feel a strange sense of self-awareness before you hear in your head not spoken out loud but in your head the time for you to know what's going on isn't here yet so for now go to sleep little one and with that despite your high wisdom saving throw you are forcibly put to sleep oh shit the last thing you see before you lose consciousness is Ivan kind of snapping out of his stupor a little bit putting away the tiger's eye and leaning forward likely for a conversation that is about to begin that you will not be privy to. Whoa! Wow! Kicked out of your own life. I know! God damn! You I got contact! <laughs> As Davina goes unconscious, I would like each person to make a constitution saving throw. Even me? Correct! What? Alright! What? What did I do to deserve this? Not good. <laughs> ah! I'm short at D20. What's my constitution? That's not cool. Can we do a different roll? I got my lucky number. My lucky number is four. Ah. <laughs> my lucky number is 23. Let's hope for that. I got a 14. Three? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, we'll go from... Um, or actually, we we just did Michelle. We'll we'll, we'll circle back to Michelle. Um, so we'll start with Tucker then. Tucker, you dream. You dream of standing next to your comrades, feeling a familiar feeling. You feel betrayed and yet vindictive. The four of you pursue a common goal and you've made the perfect plan to end your enemy. As you cut through wave after wave of them, however, injuries start to take their toll. At the very last moment, limbs burning from exertion and injury, you make a last ditch attempt to at least let your friends escape. One final act as their older brother. You watch them run away as you betray their faith, turning and exploding the hallway, causing a cave-in. Your allies stop, and you distinctly hear screams of anguish opposing yells of frustration, but you softly close your eyes and let the boulders overtake you. 
one final act of selflessness and kindness. Are we talking about the same Tucker? So I'm dead. Next, we have Tara. Tara, you dream of despair. You had long since known these feelings intimately, but you had left them for some time before events transpired that forced these feelings back to the surface. Your bones ache, your heart swells with pain, but you press onwards. The others disagreed with this plan, with this course of action, but they never truly understood the dwarven blood coursing through your veins, the bloodlust and anger that came with being from the depths. Only briefly, you feel an ounce of regret at leaving them behind. Quickly, however, you shake off these feelings. You emulate the stone from which you were born into. The one you called brother has passed, and with it, the time for logical thoughts. If your death would bring about an end to it all, you'd welcome it with open arms. And lastly, we have Davina. Now, Davina's is a little bit longer and a little bit more, uh, I'm about to describe something pretty, pretty rough, just as a warning. Davina, you dream of a different feeling, a newer feeling. Davina, you dream of revenge. You've come so far. You and your last remaining close ally. You've lost your family, both blood and found. While there isn't any way to bring them back, you can at least make sure the one responsible for their deaths lays at your feet, feeling a fraction of the pain you felt over these years. As you pass the last chamber, however, powers having grown to the point that on touch, your enemies fall to the ground afflicted with horrible diseases, you realize the folly in your plan. They're sitting across from you in that flesh-covered throne of theirs, glowing eyes meeting your own. However, the numbers, the numbers prove too great. For all the years of running, evading, and surviving, turning and fighting directly with the enemy has proven to be your downfall. At the very least, you can send your last remaining ally away. A look of horror crosses their face as you extend your hands, casting one last great spell as your opponents prepare themselves. A few spellcasters try to counter your plane shift spell, but it's too powerful. As your ally leaves, a sad tear falling down their cheek, you let out one last insane laugh at all your enemies facing you. This wild shape was never meant to be taken out of the sea, but with this many enemies, what else would you do? One long, tedious fight later, you're depleted. Yet instead of death, your enemy imprisons you. They think that they can turn you to their side, but it will be their downfall. After many years of imprisonment, you find a chance to escape. But just as you're about to close your giant claw around their throat, the forbidden spell is cast. You feel yourself a surge of emotions. That idiot. They must have thought you'd actually died. So close, so close to the end. But maybe this try, this try, it would work. 
So all of you gain a level of exhaustion. And oh, we're not we're not finished because here's the thing is that two of you guys rolled absolutely god awful. One of you rolled just well enough for something interesting. And that interesting thing is is in the middle of your nightmare, Terra, you wake up. As I do. You wake up covered in sweat, feeling as though you are drowning. Ew. Oh, that image. Uh. <laughs> you are, your your heart is pounding. You, you can feel magic at your fingertips ready to cast as though you are under attack currently. The emotions from your nightmare kind of getting the better of you for a moment. But as you come to, you blink clearly and look around the room and for a moment for the briefest of moments you could swear you see a little figure in the corner of your room what would you like to do need I'm going to rub my eyes and sit up. You clearly kind of yawn and, and, and rub your eyes. And as your eyes are, are adjusting and able to see who is standing there just barely, you see your younger sister, Elevenin. She's wearing rags, not unlike the rest of your family normally would. Um, And she's kind of has her head down, but you can tell it's her from her posture. Um, She has her long hair in front of her face, so you can't see her eyes. But she just kind of stands there, and you can almost hear a slight sound of weeping coming from her. I think I'm still dreaming. I'm going to walk toward... I'm going to stand. I'm going to try to stand and figure out if I'm dreaming. Okay. Um, You stand up shakily out of your bed. And if this is a dream, everything feels concerningly real. The cloth from the bed of the Twin Feathers Tavern is as soft as you remember. The floor is as cold and yet welcoming as you remember you walk towards her the floorboards creaking under your feet and when you reach her what would you like to do so i'm used to having really good dark vision so i'm probably going to look at something before i touch it i'm going to look at her Okay. Do you kind of like lean down? Because you are taller than her. She's your younger sister. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a full like kid squat. You know, when like a camp counselor gets down on like one knee and holds their like hand or whatever? I'm going to go down. Okay. You go into a full squat and kind of just look up to her. Do you say anything? Go back to sleep. You lean down and say this, and for a moment. Elevenin's hair is kind of blocking your view of her face but when you kind of both squat and then also lean forward a little bit to get a better look of her face 
you see that she doesn't have one. And just as the the emotions, uh, the, the surprise emotion kind of crosses your brain before you even really have a chance to react, you, you blink and she's gone. I'm gonna go back to sleep. You walked back to the bed and go ahead and give me a dexterity saving throw. I'm definitely disoriented. You made me fall out of bed. He's gonna make me eat shit. Mm-hmm. That's a nat one, my guy. That's a nat one. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first nat one I've gotten in a while, my friend. Ooh. I'm gonna have to, if you'll give me a moment, I'm gonna have to do the ceremony. Mm. I'm sorry, so did I hear, hear while? Yeah. In a while. Mm-hmm. So here's what happens. Um, you are kind of blearily walking back to your bed, like very confused and perplexed as to what just happened. You still, more, most of your brain still thinks that this was a dream. But then as you're walking back, you bang your pinky toe against the bed ah. frame so fucking hard and you hit the ground. <laughs> So not only is it psychological trauma, it's physical trauma too. <laughs> and start kind of, I, I imagine almost like rolling on your back, cradling your toe. <laughs> it's, yeah, very Peter Griffin. Um, it's taking everything in your power not to just scream because you remember that there are other people that live at the, or that stay at the Twin Feathers Tavern. As the pain kind of goes away slowly, still aching, still hurting, you realize that this can't have been a dream. You mean a helpful nat one? Perhaps. But less painful, neighbors. I mean, I do have a pinky toenail short uh, of reasons why it would have been less painful. <laughs> um, am I bleeding? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just really okay. Yeah, great. Um, I'm gonna look back at where she was standing. Okay. Um, Do I notice anything odd? Ooh. Okay. Um, Is there anything odd about where she was in my room? Would you like to make an investigation, Arcana, or uh, or religion check? Oh. How many zeros do you want to put together in one place? Are those all uh, zeros for you? Yes, those are all in, yes. in, uh, intelligence-based, huh? Yeah, okay. Those are all zeros. Um, so I'm gonna do Arcana, because that sounds like the one I'd want to do. Mm -hmm. Wait, investigation? No, Arcana. A seven! Something magic happened. You don't know much. Like, this is not something you can do. <laughs> I um, was like, there's some shenanigans going on, nothing else. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll say even with a seven, you can connect that whatever happened, like, whatever, because that dream that you had was incredibly vivid to the point where when you woke up, you were ready to cast some kind of spell. And that's not something that's happened. You've had night terrors and stuff before, but that honestly only happened when you're hearing, hearing the calls while in the depths. You've been up on surface for a while now, and that was even more vivid than the worst of nightmares that you would have below ground. So it stands to reason there was something magical about that that nightmare. And even with a shit roll, you there, that, that was an 11 in. No. 
That absolutely was not fucking Lebanon. Okay. I'd like to go back to bed now. I'm scared. <laughs> you tuck yourself back into bed, pinky toe still hurting, but kind of cold sweat going down your neck. Um, a creeping feeling of something wrong happening. And it, it takes you a while to fall back asleep, but eventually you are able to fall back to sleep. But by the time you fall back asleep, you are starting to hear like the, the earliest of... Uh, morning birds starting to chirp by the time you fall asleep but with that all of you get your long rests in yay <laughs> Eric is processing what has happened we're falling asleep I can't really tell you okay Eric, Eric is taking his long Eric is taking his long rest right now as we speak. So you guys all get your long rests and in the morning you guys all wake up. Let's deal with Davina first. Because this nightmarish sequence isn't quite over. Davina, you wake up exhausted from the night before. Um, in your own bed, you don't have memories of getting there, but you feel something clutched in your hand. I open my clutched hand. It's a letter. You open your clutched hand and see the tiger's eye amulet from huh. last night in your hand. And all of a sudden, the, the, the memories kind of rush back to you of you having had that strange conversation with Ivan, another voice coming out of you and being shunted out of the driver's seat of your own body. Where's the dog? <sighs> he had a puppy nightmare of his own. <laughs> that was how the dog did. Did the dog have a nightmare? Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but yeah, Davina, you wake up to holding this amulet in your hand. Thing that Davina does is she's a little bit suspicious. I mean, she's aware now that um, there's another being that exists alongside her. So she's going to try to call out for this other her. What do you do to aid yourself in trying to commune with something? Uh... Yeah, ha! Oh. Speak oh, with yeah, animals. <laughs> I'm going to do all of my crystal magic, fall into a deep meditation, any mumbo jumbo. Do you do anything with the newly acquired tiger's eye amulet? Oh, duh. <laughs> I was um, about to say, look at the eye. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to like kind of bring my face real close to that. Kind of just like, are you going to third eye it? <laughs> Oh, the whole shenanigan. Put it on your forehead. You're like squinting one eye, really trying to peer in there with the other. Um, to find that older me that I was so intrigued by the night before. You look into the tiger's eye, entering your meditative stance, kind of drawing the powers of nature into your body. And as you peer into the eye you can sense innately that this amulet is magic and it takes a moment of almost mentally knocking <laughs> trying to get some kind of response 
but eventually you do see the the slit kind of dilate a little bit and look around before centering on you like calling it that can we is there any chance that we could call it the pupil sure i just don't want to picture any vagina staring at me in the future <laughs> sure, that's funny because i imagine a cat eye same, but I mean, we don't have vaginas. Um, the, the yeah, sure. The the pupil of the tiger's eye kind of looks around before centering on you, Davina. It doesn't do anything. It just it's looking it at you. waits. Oh, it's just looking at me. Yeah. Do I see anything inside of it? Uh, give me a oh boy. Uh, give me an insight check. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's literally insight. Oh, that's okay. I have it also. A seventeen plus. Oh my god. A natural twenty. Oh my god. Um, you he can see the universe. <laughs> you sense feelings and emotions from this uh amulet. Like in this moment of some kind of mental connection, you f- you sense emotions. Okay. And the mo- the the biggest emotion that you feel right now from it is judgment. Check your hair. I know. I feel so insecure now. Um... The the eye kind of like looks up at your head and then down, like it does like a scan almost, and then you feel the feeling of judgment grow. It was like it's side eye, bombastic side eye. <laughs> what are you looking at? You're just an eye. A big old green cat looking eye. At this comment, um, <clears throat> the feelings that you are kind of witnessing from it kind of change a little bit from judgment into a strange satisfaction as the, the, the pupil kind of squints at you back, almost matching your squint before it looks away from you and kind of does like a look look okay i follow its gaze you follow the tiger's eyes gaze and as you follow its gaze you feel the the connection go away as the pupil settles back into the spot that it was at uh inanimate again and you see that where it was gesturing towards is the bedding and the Asimar man that's still in bed for some reason. Asimar man? Your father? Is it my father? You yeah. you hooked up last night? I know, that's like... You uh, kind of You're approach, getting slut-shamed? You approach <laughs> the sleeping figure and you do notice that it is your father, but this strikes you as bizarre you can hear the 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 noon rush outs or the 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 morning rush outside you know it's no longer like early your dad and mom normally get up early enough to make all the baked goods they normally get up before like the the fucking the sun's even out so the fact that he's still in bed it's kind of concerning to you yeah i rush to his side and i start to shake him uh 
Is he rigid? <laughs> Has rigor mortis already set in? <laughs> you, you start shaking him, and you notice that uh, your father, Damien Good, um, he, he's warm still and not rigid. Um, <laughs> And he's he's covered in a in a cold sweat. He was definitely still fully asleep, but as you kind of shake him, he goes ah 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 good oh, good um, good morning, Davina. How did you sleep? I I'm okay, but don't you and Mom usually work the shop at this time? Yeah, it's, um, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just... Daz, did you have a funny dream last night, too? You look a, a funny, little shaken. A funny dream? You do notice that he, it, something about him seems a little bit off. Would you like to make an insight check on him? Yes. You know, there's a... Oh, uh, that's an eight plus three, 11. 11. You know, there's a okay. disease in which people sustain head trauma and then they look at their family members and no longer recognize them as being the same people oh. that they made emotional connections with. <laughs> and therefore they, they form some kind of syndrome in which they believe that every single person in their life has been replaced with yeah. it. With yes. like a, I know that I've heard of this. So if you do some mimic shit because of the TikToks I sent you, I will be a little mad. Thank you. <laughs> no, but Davina, you kind of take a closer look at your father, and you, even with an 11, he doesn't look well. Like his health doesn't look well. You haven't seen him like this in a while, a long while, um, but he almost looks like the life has been drained from him a little bit. Dad, are you okay? You don't really look so well. I, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I just need to close my eyes for a moment. You look like you need some medicine or, or like you need to go see a doctor. No, 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 no medicine and no, no doctors or anything like that. Um, I, I'm too hard in the shop. Maybe you just need to take a break. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, uh, you see that he has a, a glass next to him that has, um, emptied presumably he had water in there and he kind of reaches for it feebly then realizes that it's empty and you see him kind of look towards the door and then look back at the glass and then just sigh I'll, I'll go grab it dad you just you just rest tight okay uh are you are you sure mm -hmm. okay thank thank you and i go grab the water Okay. You grab the glass that was next to him and kind of leave this uh, this um, back room that you guys have for sleeping. Um, you definitely don't feel great. Um, the strange dream that you had last night, the, the strange interaction you had with Ivan, everything's kind of fresh on your head. So 
when you come out into this um into the main room of goods goodies you see that your mother is looking exhausted but not sick um she just looks very tired you see that uh she likely just finished dealing with a lot of customers but you actually managed to catch her at a moment when there aren't any um and she kind of smiles to you um nods good morning sweetie how are you doing i'm okay dad looks you know why dad looks so unwell you see bella visibly grimaces at this your father um got a call yesterday um a letter we don't have phones those aren't a thing (laughs) and he left for a few hours and when he came back he he looked like that um honestly i'm i'm kind of at a loss i i don't know what happened to him he hasn't he hasn't looked this bad for a while but yeah um oh are you oh thank you i i meant to check on him uh, a a little bit ago but i it got a little busy um here i'll i'll fill that for you and she grabs the glass from you and starts i stop her i stop her and i hold her by the elbows and i ask mom why is there two of me we were just talking about this You ask this, and Bella kind of freezes for a moment, just so, like, caught off guard before turning to you, and she has an expression on her face that you've never really seen before, and she kind of opens her mouth to speak and then closes it before wrenching the glass out of your hands and then walking and getting water as though she didn't hear you. Mom! I think Davina feels a little hurt by that. I think um, there's kind of a surge of emotions that start to go through her. Part of it feeling like, almost like she just got disowned. The feeling that Davina gathered from that was almost like... I don't know. I don't know if this would be describing too much my interpretation rather than Davina's interpretation, but my interpretation of that was almost as if Davina's childlike state was just innocent enough that she could delude herself into believing that's the reality, you know? Mm. That's something that's digestible to her. But something about this other self she cannot and does not want to accept. Oh, as in angry denial, you're just a child, please be a child? Yeah. Oh. So then as a child and you saw your mother be like, ugh, do you think, I think that you would assume, has your mother ever been like, ugh, nonsense? I don't think it was that because I feel like she was so shaken that I know that it's like she can't just play it off as yeah oh like that's nothing you know you know it's serious um there's kind of a sinking feeling in my chest in Davina's chest I think she's gonna chase after her mom for some answers 
You chase after your mom for some answers and you see her filling up the glass for, with water for your father. And as she's holding the, the glass with water, she, she hears you <clears throat> walk into this other room and kind of just starts talking. So, um, the, the cinnamon rolls have been doing pretty good. Um, one of those uh those nicer families came by again i i'm sad that you weren't awake to see them but um you know if you're going out today with your friends uh you can we have some extra hush puppies you can bring them if you want you know that there's two of me right and um if you see lord mel shadow today um you can uh if he has any work for for you that that you know you you want to do, if it's anything small, I don't want you to hurt yourself there. Um, you can go and help him out. Rage, rage, fucking rage! Mom, you're not listening to me. Why can't you admit that you know? She stops what she's doing, kind of puts down the glass and puts her hands against the table that she was getting the water from and kind of her head kind of drops a little bit and it takes her a moment before she's able to kind of gather the strength to talk you were our shining light you know you still are nothing Nothing has to change. You, you're the same like you, you've always been. One of you, two of you. I mean, the, the, the more of you, the better, right? Uh, do you really want to know, Davina? If you knew about this, why didn't you tell me before? I feel like you and Dad always just treat me like I'm too little, and then I don't understand what's going on. But I understand a lot more than you think I do, Mom. I'll understand. It's okay. You can tell me. I won't get hurt by it, I promise. You see your mother turns around and her eyes are red and you see tears streaming down her cheeks. The other one is the real me, isn't it? Oh, sweetie, no, you're, you're the real one. I, no. And she quickly leans in and gives you a big hug. She's, Sweet. she's the one you really love, isn't it? Sweetie, she's smarter no, than no. me. She's no. cooler than me. No, no, no. She can no, do no. everything. She can understand everything you say. Davina, sweetie, no, no, that's What's not... What's wrong with me, Mom? <laughs> she quickly, like, hugs you as tight as she can and just starts patting you on the back as you're sobbing. Sweetie, that's not it at all. Why, why do I have to be here? Why can't it just be her? And as Bella Good comforts her daughter, we will jump over to Tucker.
We all in this together. No, 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 no. Fighting for the listeners. We want to know what's happening. (laughs) But yeah, so we will leave that where it is for a moment while I also gather what I want to do in terms of how Bella's going to answer that. And in the meantime, we go to Tucker. Tucker, you wake up feeling claustrophobic. God, I got to follow that. A rare feeling for sure, but you feel strangely claustrophobic. The the grisly dream you had still fresh in your mind. Where am I? You're I wanna look at around the Madeline Barrel. You're in your room. I wanna look around and see if anything's different. I feel weird. Go ahead and give me a perception or investigation check. Oh mama. Uh, that's a 22. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. You, hmm, hmm, interesting. Um, you, with your training and your, your, your sensitivity to all manners of sneaky business, something feels off. Something immediately feels... Is it claustrophobia? No. Something immediately feels off about your room. Okay. You kind of... Get out of bed quickly, hand on rapier, and you quickly kind of... Oh, like in danger off. Yeah. You quickly kind of pace around the room investigating, kind of sniffing at stuff, like kind of rubbing the the dust marks on the floor even, and you are able to immediately tell that some presence has been here. That was not you. Did it have feet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said I was going after dust marks. (laughs) It did have feet. You you can't find like a footprint necessarily, but you do notice a little area of disturbed uh, somewhere where something was standing or sitting or something like that. Somewhere where something was that should not have been. Uh. You are able to pretty easily draw a connection that the very very vivid nightmare you had was definitely not an organic one you check the door you check the window and nothing has been disturbed there the door is fine the window is fine was it a shoe or no it was bare feet Mm, okay. No, Dad was a psychopath who <laughs> goes around with just no shoes. Want to clean Why? my floor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway that Tucker has. It's just Kevin, I can clean now. <laughs> um, no, Tucker. Tucker, God. I mean, I'm deeply disturbed. Someone has invaded my space. Someone has messed with my mind. They left with almost no trace. Do I have any leads to go off of to find them? Like, is there a trail or... Because my my first thought is investigate more. Try to find out everything I can. Right. And with that high of a perception role, um, you do, you know, gather a little bit. And what you gather is, is that there is no sign of how this thing entered your dwelling. But your brain immediately starts to go to, well, you had a nightmare, a very vivid and a very strange one at that. It was almost a little too real. And that 
isn't a thing from what you've heard of at least that most creatures can do is afflict nightmares on others this was not a creature from Kalawak. do i think this was an aberration or would i have strong suspicion of it you wouldn't rule it out but there is more than one creature, or there's more than one kind of creature that can afflict nightmares. Uh, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Because that is part of the, the cumulative um, kind of learning that's required by Ivan when you're, when you're learning how to do rogue activities, is recognizing signs of other, other kingdoms. And, well, that's not something from Kalawak. The main kingdoms that you would think about for creatures that can bestow nightmares would be, one are kingdom of aberrations or zorak kingdom of demons devils and fiends i will also say this tucker if the perpetrator was demonic or a fiend or a devil because you've already narrowed it down it was either a creature from zorak or a creature from uh from r and if it was a creature from zorak then the angels and celestials at renaissance would definitely be able to sniff it out oh i analyzed that incorrectly i thought oh it wasn't someone from renaissance so they won't be helpful but it's their enemy so they're going to be even more helpful Mm -hmm. if it is someone from zorak it that would be a chosen enemy of angels right right tucker tucker has been investigating um he is going to meet them at the at the rendezvous later. And I want to check on Oz before church because he's been a little out of sorts lately. He might need an exorcist. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So you, um, after thoroughly combing every little inch and centimeter of your room, you gather what information you can and you realize that whatever this creature was, you cannot detect it without some kind of magical prowess. Um, so because of that, you just kind of followed away in your brain. Uh, something to bring up. You also remember that you are going to be... Uh, you're going to church today. You're going to the Renaissance um, the Renaissance Embassy. So you, you might be able to talk to somebody about it there. However, in the meantime, you decide to leave your room and start heading down the stairs. What seems like a tradition at this point, you are kind of witnessing the end of the morning rush. A funny scene greets you. A much-needed funny scene after all the interesting things that have happened thus far today you see cody happily sitting trying to balance a potato on his head i'm sorry i enter the basement and the dog is just sitting nope, balancing this a is potato not the on basement. his head this is not the basement this is the main room with oh. all the customers there oh. and That's, and Cody, I need to do that in Tucker's voice. How do I do that? <laughs> I'm, I don't want to try. <laughs> Cody is trying his absolute hardest to balance it. You do notice the potato is somehow bruised. He's likely dropped it many times, but he seems to be having fun. He's like kind of wiggling back and forth, trying to keep it aligned. And then you see it finally eventually falls. And there is raucous applause from the uh, the remaining patrons here. It seems like they are they enjoying this morning entertainment. Where is Oz? Oz is bringing out food. Um, Oz kind of rushes past uh, Cody. Strong eye contact. 
Osley rushes past uh, past Cody, um, kind of feeding him some some little potato nips on his way past as like a little treat before going and bringing like another plate to uh, to another patron before grabbing some dirty plates and starting to bust them. And then he notices you, and you see that this is a man that is very happy. Well, he successfully trained the beast. I'm glaring at him. I'm waiting for You're him glaring. to notice. Uh, he he tries to mute you with a smile, and then he notices you are giving him quite strong side eye right now, and just he almost drops the plate, and he just like quickly like looks, realizes what it looks like, and um, <clears throat> to everyone else goes. Oh, okay, everyone. Um, unfortunately, Cody needs to go and get some water now. Um, there's kind of a round of booze at the idea of Cody leaving. Um, oh my god. Uh, how, you yeah, worked it's, on it's this okay. idea. Um, he might be back later. Kind of gives you an eye, notices your expression, changes his tone, uh, but maybe not. Um, anyways. Um, if you have anything else you want to order, uh, I can bust, I can bring some stuff out. Make sure you close out your tabs before leaving. You notice at this announcement that Cody will no longer be doing a show. Um, many patrons kind of start closing out their tabs and heading off to work. A few don't notice that uh, maybe they are leaving a little bit later than they should be. And there is a bit of a sense of a, a, a rush of leaving. Oz. Okay, so I know it, I, I know what it looks like. Okay, but he he was <clears throat> he was he was already playing with the potato when I came down this morning, and then I may have Oz. accidentally not locked it properly. And well, I didn't know dogs could open doors. Oz. And he came upstairs, and he was just doing it. And when I came out, everybody loved him, and he Oz. you know is okay. <laughs> what? You cannot be taking him out there. He's not trained. How do you know he's not going to bite someone? He stops his, like, kind of ranting at this point and then looks to you with kind of a what-the-fuck look and then looks to Cody, who is gnawing on a potato at his feet. Look at him. He's vicious. And then he just kind of, still staring at you, leans down, opens Cody's mouth, takes the potato out and barehanded just puts his hand onto Cody's lower like teeth and just rests it there and Cody just keeps his mouth open while panting and staring at him well you should have asked me removes the hand pets Cody opens the jaw puts the potato back inside closes the jaw cody goes back to gnawing on it looks to you cody also looks to you okay yeah i should have asked you i'm so sorry look i just he's he's look at this guy he rubs his head and you see cody like like gnawing on the potato um as his head is being scratched like his his hind leg starts like kicking up too as he's doing this this is a very domesticated dog well at least it seemed like it was helping business i mean it was just the regulars they just stuck around longer i guess they ordered a few more for like breakfast fries yeah it, it helped a little bit um are you sure you want him back look i'm not the only one with an interest in this dog and neither are you. He can't stay. But I might be able to make it so he can keep coming back for 
helping the business. Make him a part-time employee. Exactly. I mean, if I if you're just uncomfortable about him, you know, playing in front of the uh, in front of the customer, that's fine. He doesn't have to come out. I I still don't know how he got out from downstairs, to be honest. But I may have missed that earlier. You said he got out on his own. Yeah, I uh, I checked on him this morning, and he was playing. He was trying to balance a potato. You see, at this, Cody does start trying to balance the potato on his nose again. Yeah, he was he was doing that when I checked on him this morning. And, um, <clears throat> well, you know, I kind of played with him for a little bit. And then I went back up the stairs and closed the latch. I didn't lock it because I didn't think I needed to. But um, he followed me up. Um, I didn't notice until, like, I was bringing out food, and somebody asked me about my new dog. You're a smart little boy, aren't you? And then I'm going to pat his head. Cody stares at your hand and seems to think about whether or not to do something for a moment. And fights instinct and just kind of lets you pat his head. I would like to also scratch his chin. You also scratch his chin. Um, you notice, like, his bottom, uh, the bottom half of his jaw kind of twitches a little bit as you're petting his chin, but it, it, he crunches on the potato a little bit harder. Based on what I saw, if Cody were here two times a week, he'd be able to make you enough money to cover my entire rent, wouldn't he? You see Osley kind of runs through the numbers a little bit in his head as well, and shrugs and kind of just goes, I mean, yeah, but also, he does live downstairs. That's housing for, for, for Cody, too. So why don't we say four days a week, one show, and you feed him. A lot of the regulars were saying that they were planning on telling some of the others that they knew, some of their friends and family. Um, why don't we see how that goes for a little bit? Because I, I, I think I think that it might get a little bit more busy here soon. I might need to change the name. And I might need a cut. Osley looks a little offended at this. Tucker, I... Look, if it's about money, I, I never wanted to... Cody can stay downstairs then. I, I don't want to... I don't want to have money be a thing between the two of us. We, we... We share a little bit too much history for that, don't you think? You don't think that this isn't worth a lot? It is, but... But, Tucker, the... the part of the reason why I'm the only one that works here and... You know, it's my... It's my baby that I've kind of brought up here is because I... I didn't ever want to have to talk about money too much with someone else. I mean, part of the reason why I, I love having you here is because we, you know, it's it's really simple between the two of us. We, we don't have to, we don't have to really negotiate much about stuff. It's just you occasionally help me out. I occasionally waive how much, it, you know, the, 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 the room fee and, and stuff. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do all that, man. Um, I like just living my life and having my customers come in and me getting to feed them and them keeping us open. That, that's all I really need. Um, 
if Cody playing out there is going to be such a big issue, then it, it's it's all right. Then I um, you can take him whenever. Fine then, Oz. Then I'm gonna take Cody and leave. What? Wait. What? What? You take Cody and start heading out. You notice that Cody immediately is not happy about leaving. Um, he does snatch a potato on his way out, um, but you do kind of have to drag Cody against his will away from the restaurant. Yeah. Tucker is uh, upset right now. And he's dealing with it in a very unhealthy way. Go ahead and give me a strength roll, actually. Strength against Cody. Uh, let's see. That's a uh, five. It's not going to matter because I rolled a nat one. Um, despite Cody's protests, you are able to drag him by his collar, or not by his collar, by the rope away from the establishment to the sound of him whining. Where are you going? Are you going to just take him to a park? We're going to roll to see if that happens. It is happening. Okay. You take Cody to a nearby park. You try to get him to kind of play. You you throw the potato for him. You, you try to get him to do something. Sorry, no. Disagree. The mood I'm in, I'm not playing with Cody. I'm sitting on a bench with him next to me, and we're both upset. <laughs> um, Cody tries to bite you, but is not successful because you have high AC. Hmm. As you're, like, forcing him here at the park bench, he fully tries to, like, snap at you. He's that fed up with this. But you are not... He is not able to, like, actually hurt you. How much effort did he put into it? A decent amount. He rolled a 15. Hmm. Tucker notices, then. <laughs> Tucker will remember that. <laughs> no, not in that way. In, like, a, oh, he's upset kind of way. Oh, like, it's, a, it's enough of a a jolt out of his own inner dialogue or inner monologue to be like, oh, the dog's unhappy. Now I'm going to try and play with him out of obligation. You try and play with him, but you try and play with him, but he doesn't even go for the potato. He just keeps on trying to bite at you. Well, I think we'll just wait here for an hour. Um, I will roll one more time to see how successful uh, Cody is during this entire time to actually hurt you. And that was a nat three. Um, yeah, he, he tries multiple times during that like hour of uncomfortable silence sitting there to like snap at you but each time he is unable to actually hurt you not from lack of effort anyways with that depressing image we will jump over to tara tara you wake up your toe still aching haunted memories and dreams still kind of clouding your your emotions a little bit um you wake up and immediately glance over at the spot where you had seen eleven in last night and her faceless features however you are em- you are uh, alone the room is empty except for yourself what would you like to do and i'm gonna get out of bed a little suspiciously and look over at the place that i had seen her last night again you do not see anyone. Leave the room. Go downstairs. Am I dressed? Do I bathe? Your accommodations do not include a shower, so... Am I dressed? You are dressed. So I don't have to remove these clothes and put on other clothes. I can just wear these clothes. I'm gonna go downstairs, get something to eat. Uh, you go downstairs and you see that the Twin Feathers Tavern is once again hustling and bustling. There are... 
invisible unseen servants moving everything about. You see that uh, Kugaf and Use are hard at work, as is Tawny at the door. Um, the morning is quite busy here, it seems. It takes some time, but you get a little bit of breakfast going, you have a nice meal, and you are, uh, unless you'd like to stay at the Twin Feather Tavern for some reason, you can be on your way. Can I talk to Kuga? You can flag him down if you'd like, but it he definitely seems pretty busy. I just want to ask him one question. I'd like to flag him down. You flag him down, um, in between kind of cooking and taking orders, he kind of rushes over. Ah, yes, uh, Tara, how may I help you? Is the, anybody here? Last night, I thought I, I thought I saw a, another dwarf here. Oh, uh, another dwarf. I don't think we saw anybody last night that was another dwarf. Um, we did have a, a Goliath show up last night, but that's about it. Um, okay. Thanks. And I'm gonna leave. Okay, do you pay? Oh. Um, no. Terra fully dines and dashes. I'll come back with money and I'll pay them, but not now. You you see Use kind of sees you leaving without paying and does write down something. It, it occurs to you to that maybe you are running up a tab currently. I'm fine with that and I'll pay it all in one lump sum. As is the tarot way. So you leave the Twin Feathers Tavern uh, and you are on your way to somewhere. You do recall that you have a bounty to fulfill today with the Embassy of Renaissance. Um, those birdie, angel-y fucks. But until then, it seems like you're free. They sit around noon, which you think is when the sun is at the highest point in the sky, but you can't really be sure. What would you like to do? I will go to the bakery. Tara, you start heading towards the bakery. Let's jump over to the bakery. Davina, you've been crying your eyes out for a while now. I've been ugly crying for the past two hours. <laughs> Jesus fuck, for two hours. L loud moaning that the guests are being disturbed by. <laughs> yeah, can the house hear you? <sighs> yeah, at a, at a certain at a certain point, um, Bella had to kind of bring you over to Damien so she could still continue to man the bakery. Um, and Damien's just like, still sweating, still like looking exhausted and like not very well. And it's just like, there, there. It's okay, Davida. Do you actually love me? Yeah, yes, sweetie. It's just you're, uh, you're, you're crying really, really loud into my ear, but yes, I do love you. I just, I, I am, I'm not feeling the best right now either. Your dad starts to cry too. I don't even know if you're even my real dad or if I'm actually me, if my memories are real, if my friends are real. Am I, am I even the real me to you, dad? As you're vocalizing all of this, Damien kind of pulls you in for a hug. And goes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're the real one. You're the real one. You're, you're my real daughter. You're my real. You have real, real friends. And I'm so, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Davido. Okay, you've done so well. I love you. You guys distinctly hear the door open again, and. Bella Good shoves in Terra Battlecry wordlessly into this situation. Terra, you had just gone into the Good's goodies and like said hi to Bella and stuff, looking for Davina, yada yada yada. And she just grabs you and wordlessly pushes you into the room and closes the door behind you. 
And Tara, you are now in front of a sobbing Davina and Damien who are hugging each other and both crying. And you're really starting to see the family resemblance. You thought it was Bella and, uh, and Davina, but it's very clear to you that it was definitely Damien that gave Davina those tear ducts. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to play a game? Is is anybody hungry? Oh, does anyone want to go see the dog? Maybe. I'm gonna cautiously approach whoever's closest and kind of roll them over so I can see their disgusting faces. You see Davina's like snot-covered face. Is there anything I can wipe her face with? I'm gonna take her shirt sleeve and wipe her face with her shirt. <laughs> yeah, you, you do that, and um, Davina, you you finally know- it took you a sec, but you finally notice Tara just like being the one asking these questions and like wiping your disgusting face with your disgusting sleeve. And you see Tara standing there looking very, very, very out of her comfort zone. Why don't you go get a treat for Cody? Huh? Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Treats. Okay. Go get a Yeah, we're going to get up and we're going to go get a treat. Isn't that right? I don't even know if you like. I know. Decisions are, are hard. Um, what if you want something salty or something sweet? I don't even know. Why don't you get him something uh, orange? Hmm? He loves orange. Okay. Well, like an orange? Uh, <laughs> like, go find a pastry that's the color orange that he may like. Salty or sweet. Okay. They're all orange-ish. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I never thought of it. Uh, I never thought of it. <laughs> Why don't you um, pick one that is orange and red? That's his other favorite color. What if I can't find any? Then I'll be right there. You call me and I will go get it. Okay? All right. All right. And I'm going to usher her out of the room and close the door behind her. Okay. So you push Davina out and Davina starts trying to find a pastry. And then you're just left with Damien Good, who you have not had the best interaction with in the past. And he kind of realizes that he is a sobbing grown ass man in front of a small little dwarven girl and starts to kind of clean his face uh, and trying to look more dignified. <clears throat> hey there, sport champ. Um, how are you? What's wrong with her? He grimaces and kind of takes a moment to think before turning to you. Um, that is a question that has a lot of answers. Um, did you guys talk to someone like see a mind wizard or or something why why are you sobbing because i'm sick and sad okay because because my daughter was so sad okay is it that strange for the father of a daughter that is weeping to be sad too would you be more happy if i wasn't crying with my daughter you're right it's neither here nor there i guess last night we talked to someone and he gave us some information that I don't think all of us were entirely prepared for. But given that you have put us in harm's way before, I trust you wouldn't put us in harm's way by withholding now. I'm sure she can take it. And I'm going to leave the room. 
With that dramatic statement, you leave the room, leaving the good patriarch with his thoughts. When she comes into the li- uh, into the bakery area, Davina, what does she see? What has Davina been doing? Davina's in part looking for that orange and red pastries, and also in part eating her feelings. So it's kind of a mixture of collecting pastries <laughs> and also eating the pastries. You do that, and Bella Good is kind of just following behind you, making sure you're not making a mess. Uh, the the breakfast rush has slowed down; some time has passed now. But they kind she kind of just watches you, follows you, gives you suggestions and stuff very quietly. Um, and Terry, you walk in on this. Find anything? Yeah, a couple. Oh, would you look at that? Oranges and raspberries. Yeah. Oh, and this one? What is this? Is this almonds and peaches? Oh, cherries. Wow. the cherries. That's nice. I like that. I think Cody's really going to like these. Okay, that's good. I don't know what I'm going to do if he doesn't like it. Oh, he'll like it. You know he will. Okay. Are you okay? No. You're not okay? No. You want to talk about it? I'm just going to shake my head. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know we have that thing to do today. The quest? Oh, yeah. The quest. You know, the money thing. The thing where they do the thing and you give the... Oh, the bounty. That's what they're called. Oh, but what if I'm... What if I'm too sad to do the bounty? You want to talk about what's making you sad? If you don't want to talk about it, then it just stays in there until you're ready to talk about it. Can we do this later? Yeah, let's go see Cody. Okay. Let's leave together. And we don't know where Cody is, but we do know where Eric, we do know where Tucker lives. So let's head towards Tucker's establishment, Ozzy's place. Davina and Tara, you guys start heading towards where you guys remember. I'll say even Davina, you remember exactly where um, Tucker got dropped off last night. So you just retrace the steps and you guys end up at the Madeline Barrel. The time of the, the quest is starting to draw a little bit closer, but you guys head over there very quickly um, along the way. Davina, you're not over what's going on with the the dual soul thing or anything like that. However, it's something that you kind of push to the back of your head, uh, to the back of your mind, because it, there's other stuff that feels more pressing right now. And as you show up, you see a very nondescript looking restaurant. You guys had passed by this before. Cody had actually tried to go inside multiple times. But you guys go inside and see a, a guy just kind of cleaning up tables. Oh, uh, hi. Um, are you guys here for for oh wow, is it already lunch? We're looking for a dog. Uh ah, Cody. Wolf thing. Oh, uh Cody. Wolf. Uh what do you mean wolf? He's Cody. just a dog, right? Cody. Uh, he's a big dog. I call him a wolf all the time. You know, he always, he's such a big dog. Go ahead and make a deception check. Oh, no. You're the bard. You should be good at this. I didn't know. He didn't With know. With disadvantage. Uh, 12. Uh, that's a tie. Um, why don't you go ahead and roll again? Can't we just squint at each other? Fuck. <laughs> Seven. Total? Yeah. Osley. 
kind of picks up on you stuttering your words a little bit and kind of trying to take back the W word into your mouth. And he just kind of looks between the two of you guys, kind of gives you like the eye looking up and down, notices the gear, notices the club, notices the shield, notices you guys are not normal looking patrons, and then nods slowly. Right. Um, Cody the dog. Have you seen him? Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, what, what, do- uh, dogs at, uh, Madeline Barrow? Um, Cody, who's a, who's a Cody? What's a Cody? Um, you, who are you? Uh, what, I, I don't think I got your names. Um, detect thoughts. Okay, so you cast detect thoughts. Um, you start to listen to this man's thoughts. The surface thoughts that you get are fuck, 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 Cody, Tucker, what the fuck did you do? Fuck, 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 why are they here? Why, who are these people? Fuck, 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 are they from the jobs that he's been doing? Fuck, 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 shit. We're friends of Tucker's. We're just looking to give the dog these pastries. And we're gonna, I'm gonna point to Davina's arms full of pastries. I, I give him some very swollen puppy dog eyes. Hand him a pastry. Fuck, 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 fuck. Poisoned? Fuck, 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 fuck. Shit, 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 shit. What did Tucker get into? Fuck, 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 fuck. I continue eating them as I'm also carrying these, as I was back at the shop. A moment of silence in the brain as temporarily breaks a little bit. Not poisoned. Small child is eating them. You see, uh, we really like the dog and i think it'll cheer up my friend here to hang out with him tucker seemed pretty nice on occasion these are now the surface thoughts that you're hearing temptuous relationship with tucker friend maybe hmm, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> ally friend maybe can make tucker get his turtle head out of his ass friend Hmm. Little girl very cry. Yeah. Little girl is very cry. Heart swelling with pain at seeing little, little girl crying. Finally, he speaks out loud. Uh, okay, alright, alright. Um, okay, I guess you guys are his friends or something? Yeah, he's our friend. I don't know where he went. He took Cody. Um, we had a... Um, a bit of an argument and he, he stormed off. Um... But, yeah, he seemed pretty upset, but he, he brought Cody with him. Can't have gotten far. Thank you. And uh, I promise I won't tell anybody that he was here. Yeah, okay, good. Thanks. Cody isn't here. Uh, mind going to fuck, fuck, well, fuck, uh, fuck, fuck. We'll Small girl him. crying. Fuck, 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 fuck. Um, uh, okay, well, um he probably brought him to the park. Uh, there, there's a park really close by. They opened it a few years ago for... Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's um, it's just around the corner if you guys want to go. Uh, maybe he's there. I'm pushing her out the door. Thank you. Thank you. Can't can't make the little girl cry. Okay. And Once we get out the door, I want to pat her on the back and go, that was good. That was good. Good touches there. Good touches. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> You got a lot to learn, kid. It's gonna be okay. And I'd like to give her a genuine hug. Oh, so sweet. Squishing some pastries. I I ball even harder. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh. I'm gonna take this moment while I'm hugging her in the back of my mind to recall the last time we hugged near the fireplace in a particular mansion in which right after she told me, thank you, in an adult voice. Nothing seems to happen with her. I'm disappointed, but we continue. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, and with that, let's go to the park. Yeah, you guys go to the park. Um, we are now maybe 30 minutes from when you guys need to start heading over to uh, the bounty site. As you guys go to the park, you guys eventually see the hulking figure of Tucker and the uh, exhausted figure and schlump figure of Cody on the floor next to him um, as he kind of just stares off into the sun. I run to Cody and I just drop all of the pastries on the ground in a heap and as Cody kind of runs to take some bites, I hug the dog and I sob at least you love me. <laughs> Cody licks you at first, and then uh, you don't realize this, I would say. I think Davina is just going to take any affection she can get. But Cody is licking off the pastry crumbs from Davina before he starts to, like, chomp at the, the, the pastries that have been dropped onto the floor. Of course. I'm going to walk towards Tucker. So, how's the dog? Looks fine. You know, I almost uh, dropped the W word in front of your friend back there. Probably good that he finds out. He didn't seem too uh, too happy to see us. He was really worried about you. Hmm. Surprised at that. Well, uh, she's a mess. And I'm going to point towards Davina, who is still sobbing. Yeah, she looks like she's seen better days. What's going on? No idea. I woke up in the middle of the night and thought I saw somebody who wasn't there. And then I woke up this morning and found her and her dad sobbing together. Hey. Hey. What happened? So, I learned that there's an older and smarter and and cooler version of me. And... I'm pretty sure my parents love them more, that person more than me, and I don't even know why I'm here. Davina, what do you mean there's another version of you? Ivan had me look into the stone, and I saw her, and I'm pretty sure she's also in my head too, because she was able to control my body as if it wasn't my body and I couldn't even do anything. Maybe it's her body after all. Davina, I understand a little bit of what it's like to have unexpected things happen to your body. And I know it sucks, but with some time, you'll be able to feel a bit better. You'll be able to work through this, and me and Tara will be here to help you figure it out. Do you think that she's going to be there forever? That's something we'll figure out. It's possible, but we might be able to change that. Does that mean I have to keep sharing my body with her? Hopefully what not. If, what if I don't want to share? What if then I we'll just want to be me? get rid of her and kill her. <laughs> um, Hush, little baby, don't say it. Mom's gonna kill whatever you fucking need. 
That is truly the most Tucker way to help someone is like, oh, yeah. there, there, don't worry. We're just going to kill the thing that's bothering you. <laughs> then it won't be a problem anymore. Upon hearing, is she going to be here forever? I got a little closer. Maybe, maybe not kill. Maybe just separate, huh? Hmm? Yeah, separate. Mortal, mortally wound, whatever it takes. Yeah, maybe if we give her her own body, then maybe we can be like friends or something. Yeah, maybe you can. And about your family, about your parents, I've seen the way they are with you. There's no way that they don't care. And just be grateful that they're there and that you can talk to them because not everyone has that. I can I can tell that my dad really cared, but when I talked to my mom, she didn't even want to talk about it with me. It seems like she liked the other version better. And I don't know what to do because like I really like my mom. And I've always thought she loved me the same too, but I don't know what to do. Things aren't always what they seem. Give it some time. Talk to her again. What if she says something that I don't like? Then I'll take care of her too. Maybe Maybe not take care of. Maybe just separate. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, you guys. You guys are the bestest friends that I've ever had. No. Look at the fluffy wolf. Isn't it cute? Yeah, he's very fluffy and I I love petting his fur. I'm gonna go do that now. Yeah, good job. You guys do notice Cody does not look happy. Did he eat too many sweets? Oh, I see where this is going. No, he just... He's kind of giving side-eye to Tucker. Do I know? Like, did I pick up on it? I'll say, maybe just I'll say <laughs> now that you're starting to feel a little bit better, the burden of Botanicos kind of kicks in a little bit, and you feel the... It takes you a moment to, to realize where it's coming from, but you feel an animal with animosity, and you... It takes you a second. At first, you're like, is there like a pissed off squirrel in the fucking bushes or something? <laughs> and then you realize that Cody is pretty upset. Are you upset too? You hear a grunt that can only be really taken as a grunt of affirmation. Was there was there a cooler version of you? <laughs> Sorry, I laughed. Anyway. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Okay. You see Cody <laughs> gestures with his chin towards Tucker and starts to growl. Tucker's our friend. He couldn't have... What did he do? Cody does not speak, does not do anything different, just continues to growl at Tucker and kind of digs his heels into the uh, into the uh, the grass. He's probably angry that I took him away from the Madeline Barrel. But he belongs with us, doesn't he? My thoughts exactly. Cody, we can't fight with the dog. We've established that, right? Yet. We can train him. But until he is trained, it is unwise to take him with us to our quest, right? Now I'm giving Tucker side eye, because I'm picking up what Cody's putting down. Cody, why do you want to go back? 
Well, then where should we take him, Tara? I'm going to pick up the leash. I'm going to take him back to Osley because I used Grabbing a Grabbing the ball. leash. Wait, what, what did Cody have to say to that? I will fight you for this chair, Eric. <laughs> You'll have to win and you probably will. Um. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, set up the thing. Oh, okay. Um, first of all, uh, <laughs> Cody doesn't really say anything. Cody just, he, he seems very one-track mind right now, Davina. He just seems really upset and you're noticing that it's not at the group. It's just at Tucker. You also notice that he had a potato with him that was like clean bitten in half he's clearly upset about something kylie eric give me opposed strength check both exhausted uh you don't need to roll disadvantage for this because it's a check not a um a skill check for me we're gonna be at 10. 11. 11? (laughs) wait 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 that's so funny because i rolled 11 but i got minus one Oh, same. I rolled 12 and I got minus one. And you know what's really funny? <laughs> you taking the piercer feat and getting that plus one to strength actually just paid off because otherwise you would have had a minus two. Painstakingly, as the two of you guys are doing tug of war with this leash that has Cody on the end of it, Tara, you are able to grip it and tear it out of Tucker's hands. Taking the dog back. <laughs> Fine, take the dog back. He does grab the uh, the potato on the way back. He like kind of scoops it in his mouth, what's left of it, and um, Cody leads the way, but you guys start walking back, t- uh, Tara holding the leash and kind of holding it away from Tucker as much as she can. Davina, still a face drying of tears, but you guys head back to the Madeline Barrel. You guys go inside and you guys hear the sounds of cooking. I'm going to reach for my hand out for the leash, but wait for you to give it to me. I'm going to unclip Cody the minute he gets through the door and hand Tucker the leash. (laughs) Of course Uh, you are. You unclip Cody, Cody sprints. Cody fully runs and Cody is gone. He is in the back room. And you hear uh, Osley kind of yelp in surprise um, before the sounds of cooking stop as presumably he stops the fire or whatever and he comes out uh, kind of quickly drying his hands and a little bit flustered. Oh, um, uh, you guys found him. Yeah, we did. Walk up to him, hand him two gold, walk away. Osley just kind of like holds the gold in his hand, watches you walk away. Let's go. Flashes you girls a thumbs up and says, Oh, um, thanks for choosing Osley's dog daycare. Uh, feel free to pick up your pupper whenever you want. And walks back into the kitchen. Let's go. Uh, I'm gonna grimace a little bit and follow. Oh, we're all grimacing. Trust me, this hurts me as well. Cool, so you guys all head out. Uh, are you guys going to the Renaissance Embassy now? That's the plan. You guys head to the Renaissance Embassy, exhausted. Tucker almost having lost a few fingers to Cody. Tara having already blown a second level spell slot for the day. And it takes a little bit of time, but eventually you guys come to the Renaissance Embassy. Davina is the one that guides you guys, although you guys all kind of know the area. Relatively speaking, I'd say Tara's maybe heard of the area at this point, having been above ground, but you haven't actually been over there. Whereas Tucker, you have been over there before, but you try to avoid the area typically. As you guys approach, you guys quickly see um, the 
Very, very tall building from a distance. It towers above a lot of these other buildings in the area.、Um, the area around is actually quite nice. However, none of these buildings are quite as tall. The、uh, embassy itself is carved from some kind of marble. Very, very expensive.、Um, it has kind of these、uh, these these pillars that help hold it up.、Uh, these columns and such that are gilded as well. Um, you see that around this massive tower, there are angels flying around, kind of coming in and out, doing their daily necessities and such. But for them, it seems that foot traffic is a thing of the past. As you guys approach, you see that there are many beggars in the street, kind of being helped and treated. There's even a line for people that are trying to receive treatment of some kind.、Um, you see, there's multiple streams of people coming in and out of this place. Notably, there's no tieflings. Kind of makes sense; they'd have infernal blood after all. But you see, actually, a plethora of Asimar, as well as just kind of all races besides tieflings and, of course, dwarves. There's not really any dwarves around here either. Surprise, surprise! Nothing new. But as you guys head in through the gilded doors, you guys feel a refreshing mist kind of pass over you.、It、kind of smells like vanilla, like a very nice vanilla flower or bean kind of scent wafts over you as you guys enter. You guys also hear a very pleasant harp playing in the background. It's very, very nice here. And as you guys enter, you see that this building. The first floor is actually massive. the The individual floors are very, very tall, very, very tall ceilings and such. And you see that while there is an area for foot traffic, they also actually have just desks like built up against the walls, high up in the room. So whereas there is a receptionist for those that walk on foot, there's also receptionist for those that fly in, kind of like an owlery almost, like an owl area. There's a fuck ton of holes in the walls for angels to fly in and out. You guys see all manner of celestial beings in here, from the standard kind of angelic creatures, ascended Asimar, to you even see one strange creature with multiple eyes and eight sets of wings, just kind of floating in the middle of the room, like a ornamental piece. Think it's decoration until it blinks and moves. As you guys enter, one of the ascended Asimar actually approaches you guys. You see that they are holding a clipboard, and as they approach you guys. They, their face, which initially portrays a very elegant expression, suddenly winces a little bit and kind of flares up into a slightly disgusted face, as though they've smelled something gross. They sniff the air about you guys and just kind of look down. They are also like ten feet tall.、Um, they look down at you guys. Hello, have you guys? Been in the company of disgusting things recently. He's telling us we smell. What should we do? Punch him in the nuts? Violence will not be tolerated inside of Renaissance. I'm gonna hand him the paper. Terry, you hand this Asimar the paper. You can't really tell their gender, to be honest. But you hand this、uh, uh, this ascended Asimar the paper. They have to like lean down to like grab it with like two fingers. They like kind of put on glasses and start reading it. Ah, yes, I see. You two are here. You three, hmm, hmm. You points a finger at Davina, cocks their head a little bit. You don't have wings yet. Wings? Like actual wings? Hmm. Maybe someday. Hmm. 
Why, why, why do the three of you smell like something foul? Speaking of weird environmental facts. <laughs> I do not understand. How, how might one know if a demon had been in a place recently? Or devil or fiend. Or devil or fiend. This celestial Asimar kind of quirks and uh, perks an eyebrow, looks down at you, and then brings their hands together, their fingertips together, and spreads them. A prism of light forms between their fingertips as they cast some kind of spell. And then they gently, with two fingers outstretched on either hand, just kind of point downward. And this prism goes over the three of you guys. It doesn't feel like painful or anything. It, uh, your, your arms do feel like they're tingling a little bit, but it doesn't like hurt or anything. I reach for my dagger. After a moment, the ASMR frowns. A strange look on their face. You have been afflicted. Afflicted? I stop reaching for my dagger. Were you visited by a demon? I don't know, were we? I don't know. It looked like my sister. Can demons become angels? You saw a demon that looked like your sister. I saw my sister. But she didn't have a face. No face? No face. That narrows it down quite a bit. I had a dream. What was in your dream? The content was unimportant. What matters more is what caused it. I believe it was caused by, well, now a demon. I had a dream too. Fascinating dreams, bad smell, and affliction. Mm. There's only a few. And no face. And no face, thank you. There's only a few creatures that could be. There's it, you guys. Pray tell what those creatures might be. <laughs> the dream and smell point to a hag. The mm. lacking feature of a face point to a nightmare hag. Old lady? A demon that appears as an old lady, right? Oh but can also appear as a young girl. They can also walk on the astral plane. So no footprints. No footprints. What do they want? It's a little difficult to tell. Hags are extremely dangerous. Everything's extremely dangerous. And now that he said Nightmare Hag, do I know anything about them personally? No, these are an obscure creature. Um, you've heard of hags before. Do I at least know that it's illegal for them to be where we were? Oh yeah, you do. 
And you said I've heard of hags before. Yeah, I would say even Davina's heard of hags before. Hags are extremely dangerous. Um, they're normally fiends, or not fiends, they're normally fey folk. Yeah, they're normally fey folk, they're normally from Tifon. But what this celestial Asmar is referring to is apparently there's some kind of um, hag that's called a nightmare hag that's actually a demonic one, which means it would be from Zorak. But it looks like all three of you were afflicted. Would you like to be healed? What's the catch? Or cost? Normally, it would cost quite a bit, or if you'd just like to do some prayers. However, you are working today for us, yes? So, it is for free. He said free. Accepted. <laughs> no, but as in like, <laughs> as in like, he would cheer us for the cost of the quest. No, it, like, it seems, from of, what he's saying, it seems like it's it's included as a service. If you guys are going to go do a mission for them, it seems oh, like it's okay. included. He, he Basically, he wants us in good working order if we're going to be helping him. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, this is good. All right. That's yeah, the way I saw it. Accepted. <laughs> okay. Um, he waves his hand over the three of you, and all of you feel the effects of a long rest. Yay! Um, but yeah, your exhaustion goes away. You regain spell slots. I don't think anyone took any damage in that time, but um, yeah, you guys get all that stuff back. Um, but yeah, so he he waves his hand over you guys, and then he kind of. You guys all feel a magical kind of mist come over you, and you feel healed and rested instantly. It's kind of bizarre. You do also all smell of uh, of vanilla now. Good. And then afterwards, he, or they, I should say, again, you still can't really tell a gender with this creature. Um, They kind of nod after you guys feel refreshed, and then they gesture behind them. So, you have a request to fulfill. We have one of our resident clerics that will be going with you. Going with us? She will be performing the exorcism, and the three of you will keep her safe. So, the Asmar says this and then gestures behind them, and you guys see walking on the ground, not flying towards you guys is a female wood elf. She has kind of very, uh, almost druidic features to be completely honest. She's wearing a, uh, what the fuck do you call it? A a, a metal tunic of sorts, kind of like uh, traditional armor, um, heavy armor. She has the emblem of Renaissance kind of painted all over her armor. Um, you guys see that she has bags on her back. She seems already ready for travel. Um, very fair features, uh, very sharp fair features, and of course the pointed ears. Um, she also has a little bit more of a wood elf flavor as opposed to kind of some of the other clerics you might see in Renaissance. She has kind of sprigs and saplings, uh, not saplings, fucking, those are heavy. Um, she has kind of sprigs of uh, different kind of herbs and mint and leaves and such kind of just um, from a pouch you can see it's almost spilling out you guys can also see that she has a few flower buds just kind of 
sewn in at her belt, but she waves to you guys and starts to come over. She will be helping you and will be your escort, or I suppose you will be escorting her and protecting her as she tries to exorcise the urn today. Whose urn is it? That is privileged information that you will learn once you arrive at the site. What? What is an urn? It's where they hold the ashes of a dead body. Of an angel? Um... Of anything. Yeah, but before, I, I guess, after the soul leaves, but before the body is, uh... Once it's, it's ashes, oh, it goes in the urn. the angel urn. husk. They turned the angel husk into dust? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Fuck, we're bad at this. All right. Are they gonna, like, sprinkle that into the forest or something? Is that what you people do? Sprinkle it in the forest? Yeah, I'm gonna look at top I would turn into an angel. I'd love to be sprinkled in the forest. Or on a sandwich. Does that sound magical to you? On a sand- You eat your dead? <laughs> Go with holy energy and then puts a similar hand on Tucker's head and then on Tara's head, and everyone has a inspiration point, which means you can re-roll a dice one time. Yay! Um, no, all Yay. All right, I- let me roll to win the campaign with 50-50 and then odds. This- uh, Celestial Asimar kind of floats away, and as they float away, the aforementioned uh, Wood Elf Cleric kind of approaches you guys, was on the other side of this big building, finally approaches you guys, and seems a little bit out of breath. Um, you see that she seems very, very excited, but she sees the three of you guys. Hi! Hey! Hey! Hi! Are, are, you, uh, are you guys the, the group that I'm working with today? I'm Davina. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, that's us. I'm Tara. Uh, okay, so Davina, Tara, and sorry, what was your name? Tucker. Ah, nice to meet you. As you guys are uh, talking to her, she she kind of extends a hand. You see, it, she is wearing a gauntlet, but um, she extends a um a, a gloved hand. Nice to meet you all. Uh, my name is uh, uh my name's Lunith. All right, let's get going. It's uh oh yeah, we can we can walk and talk. Um, it it's great meeting you guys, by the way. Um, this is one of my first uh, this is one of my first times um getting to go out and really represent Renaissance. I'm super excited. Davina. Yeah. She wants to talk to you. <laughs> oh, she wants to be my yeah, friend. Yeah, of course. I want to be friends with everyone. I want to be friends with all of you. Yeah, let's go. Why don't you tell her about your crystals, Davina? Oh, oh my god. Where are we headed? <laughs> so so Lunath is guiding you guys, it's worth noting. She is guiding you guys towards uh, wherever you guys are going. Um, but when you, oh. um, I'll say as you guys go, she kind of explains the, the, the mission a little bit. So um, I'm sure you guys are really, really curious about what we're doing today. Basically, we're going to Kalawek Graveyard. Um, <clears throat> normally it's locked. You do need to be with a cleric of Renaissance to enter. And you know, that's what I'm here for. And in the middle, 
middle of the graveyard, one of the uh, the 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 gravekeepers came to us last week. Apparently, something happened with one of the urns of one of the royal family, and they wanted us to go check it out. And we actually did have a few volunteers just go and check it out last week. However, when they came back, they were all a little bit spooked. So we wanted to have a bigger group to go this time. From what they told us, um, we were able to narrow it down as to what it probably is. Oh, good. What do you think we're up against? So for one reason or another, it looks like the uh, the royalty that was buried there um, didn't go peacefully. And because of that, she is showing herself, her spirit in a bit of a bad way. Now, depending on which one it is, because we know that the apparition is female, but we don't know who it is exactly. If it's one of the members of the royal family, then unfortunately we are dealing with something a little bit more dangerous. If it's just one of the members of one of the, you know, the servants or something like that, then because of how customs are in terms of how they were buried, then we're going to be dealing with a little bit of an easier opponent. From what I understand from what the initial group told us, it looks like it's very likely that we might be dealing with a banshee. Have you guys heard of banshees before? I think they scream. Correct! Uh, I'll say, yeah, you guys can make history checks, but when, when Tucker just pipes up with uh, the screaming part, she claps her hands and points to him. Very good, Tucker, yes. So they have a tendency of screaming, and now their scream is calling upon the powers of the underworld, so because of that, they can be very, very dangerous. Now, you might think on first instinct, if you're against an opponent that screams to wear earplugs. However, we found through a lot of experimentation that that actually doesn't work because the cries that they are doing are inherently magical. Now, if we had anyone that could cast the silence spell, for example, we might be able to dampen it. But to be honest, that is a higher level spell. And if we are going against an opponent that isn't actually a banshee then the silence spell will be a little bit useless if it is not the royalty that we are thinking of and it is in fact instead just a simple servant of some kind of the royal family whose spirit is upset then it will just be manifesting as a ghost 14 Oh, I rolled a 17 for history. Got a five. Um, Banshees, extremely, extremely dangerous. Their cry can literally uh, cause a grown person, like a warrior, to go completely unconscious in a single, like, bad um, encounter, basically, if you're not mentally ready. Obviously, the thing with spirits is that they're incorporeal, which means that they're a little bit more difficult to hurt with physical objects. You still can. They'll still take damage. However, you're more so shredding their corporeal, uh, incorporeal form, which is a little bit more difficult with a normal weapon. However, holy weapons obviously do very well against them. So how do you fight a banshee? I'm not really one for fighting a banshee, to be honest. I'm more so going to be focused on trying to get it to go to rest. So anyways, uh, here we are. Um, this is the Calic Graveyard. Please, come in, come in, quickly, quickly. Um, we're not supposed to have this open to the public normally. What else is in here? Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. I, I hurry. Uh, she had pulled out a key and opened this very creaky gate, and you guys enter the Kalawick Graveyard. It is in the western portion of town, so you guys are actually not too far away from the Bountiful Harvest Ale House. And she explains to you guys that while most people are buried or burned by the, the rights of the family, however they wish to do, anybody associated with royalty is actually buried here in the Kalawick Graveyard. Now, due to the 
prominence of grave robbers. They are t uh, this area is pretty heavily guarded typically. However, you guys see as you guys enter that it doesn't feel like that. Um, it doesn't seem to be like super heavily guarded, but you guys see there's rows of graves um, and she walks you guys through kind of this paved path towards a gazebo. And you guys see in the middle of the gazebo, there is a glass box on a stone pedestal, presumably where the cursed urn is. As you guys approach, she continues explaining, Welcome to the Kalawak graveyard. Kalawak graveyard. Um, we normally just reserve this for royalty and then obviously anybody that is of royal descendants that wants to visit any of their uh, their former kin and such. Um, so yeah, it's actually really cool that you guys are here. Uh, this area is normally really, really restricted, but you know. Um, so yeah, any questions about it? Is there anything else we might face other than a banshee down here? Well, our banshees hurt by water. Banshees are not hurt by water, typically. They can't exactly cross it normally. Um, however, they aren't hurt by it, like if you throw it at them. Holy water, on the other hand, does definitely affect them. However, that's a little bit more difficult to get, and I only have a little bit with me in case of emergencies. So, in terms of what we might be facing today, we're pretty sure it's just going to be the one spirit. However, there is a very small chance that we're going to be fighting any other undead creatures that they decide to kind of rally to their cause. Now, unfortunately, we are, of course, in a graveyard, so there, the amount of undead that we could be facing could be a little bit on the high end. However, um, we're going to have several hours before the ceremony will be complete enough to where the spirit might try to fight us, essentially. And in that time, you guys are free to explore the the graveyard, or if you'd like to even set up traps or a defensive perimeter, um, that would all be probably a good idea. How much water? Two vials. No. How much water for them not to cross it? Has to be about a river, I believe. So not a puddle. But yeah, so um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to start setting up. I actually need to do quite a lot of uh, work with incenses and a lot of other prayers and such to start to exercise the urn. But again, if you guys would like to start forming a defensive perimeter, that would probably be best. If not, uh, go ahead and do whatever. Just please don't file any... Do you have any salt? I do not. Please just do me a favor and don't go through any of the crypts or anything like that. Um, not only would that be really, really bad for the family, obviously, but it would also be sacrilege to a certain extent, and you would probably get in trouble as soon as we go back. Thanks. We're not going to rob any of your graves. Davina, do you have any salt? Thanks for the warning. Salt. Salt. So I do have salt. You have salt? You do yeah, have salt. Yeah, that's what I use as like, huh? Yeah. Can we make a circle of salt, please? We can. Yeah. I'd like to make a salt circle. Around where? Can we do it around the gazebo? Definitely not enough salt to cover the entire gazebo. So here, here's some, some numbers for you guys. Um, the gazebo is a dome-like structure that goes 20 feet up and has three walkways. There are two steps going up to the gazebo on all ends. The, each entrance is 10 feet wide, and the entrances are at the north, southwest, and southeast directions. From each entrance to the gazebo to the middle where the uh, small stone pedestal is, is 15 feet. The walkways continue onto paved ground, and there's a vine pattern wooden fence around the sides of the gazebo, which can technically be used as kind of like a half cover if you guys want to hide behind it. I would like to take my water skin and drip some water over the three entrances. Just in case. And then everywhere he doesn't drip, well not, the three entrances we'd also like to salt. Salt. 
Okay. So you guys take some time doing that, and I'll say that maybe only takes like half an hour, if even, um, to kind of one to get a lay of the land, and then two to actually like you know put down the stuff. So that's half an hour finished. How much time do we have? Eight hours is what she said. Fuck. I guess I'll set up dynamite. Where? Maybe like in a large open area with nothing important nearby, but that seems heavily traveled. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll say you can put it. Um, there's uh three walkways away from the from the gazebo. There's a north one, a southwest, and southeast. Which one you on which path do you want to put it? One on each. I can always collect the ones I don't use later. Also, I would like to put um some stuff from my tinderbox on them so that I can um, ignite them from far away with a projectile. Okay. Um, I'll say that takes about an hour um, as you guys are um, kind of doing this work. Uh, Luneth is kind of going around the middle of the, the, the stone pedestal with the glass box on it. You guys did see the cursed urn in there, although I don't think any of you guys approached super close, but she's kind of muttering things under her breath as she takes out kind of water and splashes it, and then she kind of casts a little bit of magic here, a little bit of magic there. Um, at the end of the one hour mark, um, I'm going to roll a religion check for her. She has a plus five to this. And that's a 24. Nothing seems to happen, which is good. It seems undisturbed. So you guys are now an hour and a half in. Can I set up my my short bow and my like, um, what's my other ranged crossbow, thing? Crossbow, hand crossbow. Yeah, can I set those up to like be aimed at a specific spot? Uh, you could try. Luneth. Uh, y- yeah, yeah. What's up? Can I put dynamite on top of the box? Oh, please do. All right, cool. I put two there. Okay. Seventeen that time. All seems well. But if you guys want to try and kind of dig a trench of some kind, that's definitely something you could uh, you guys could do. Well, how beneficial would that? You would be able to make it difficult terrain. Okay. Which means half speed for anything trying to pass it. Oh. Oh, I thought it would just float along. For anything that's um, trying to pass that's it, useful. that's physical, obviously. Oh. Oh, I guess we don't technically know that it'll be a banshee. And we don't know if it's going to cross through the astral um, plane and not need to, you know, use ground. I would like to load my crossbow and point it at the dynamite on the box and like set it on like a crypt nearby or tombstone or something so that I can easily just go pull the trigger and activate it. This is not something you've really done that much before, so I'll say this can take you upwards of an hour. Can I take a nap? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Tara's going to get a good sleep before this battle. Uh, Tara just fully takes a nap. Davina, what are you doing? I'd like to ritual cast alarm. Okay. So you do the alarm spell. And if you guys want to just wait until the actual thing, you guys can just kind of sit around, um, just relax, read a book or something. If that's something you guys want to do as well, that's something you guys can do. I'd like to find some, like, broken dead bushes or something. I want to block the entrances, but in a way that I can easily pull it out if I need to get through. So making it difficult terrain? Yes. 
but I'd like to be like have it set up carefully so that I know like the right spot to pull so that it all comes crashing down and is easy to cross. I'll say that'll be a three hour thing, one hour for each side because you have to gather the materials and you have to set it up in a very specific way, probably test it out a few times. Okay. Um, I will say as you begin this process, it's going to take three hours, leaving you three hours left after you're finished. Um, and along with the alarm spell, another hour has passed. It's only a 12. Um, okay. I'd uh, like to wake Luneth up. Luneth continues. You'd like to wake up. Um, you wake up sensing something a little bit amiss. Luneth is continuing to work on the exorcism. She has now pulled out a book and is starting to speak in a language that is foreign to most of you, although Davina, you do recognize it as Celestial. She is speaking in Celestial with a book in hand. Um, it's a lot of stuff about repentance and returning to the creator, um, a lot of that kind of stuff as she's kind of like, now she's actually doing like the traditional kind of exorcism of like speaking in Celestial while kind of waving her hand over it. Um, and there is the briefest of moments where the shadows on the ground feel a little bit longer. And that's kind of what stirs you, Terra, before you, before everything kind of goes back to normal and the shadows recede. Um, what time is it? Is it dark out? It is getting towards nighttime. So you guys, I will say you guys basically started this at around 1 p.m.-ish. Um, it's now been what, like, uh, by the time you're finished, it will be like seven. You guys are gonna be in combat at nighttime for sure. I would like to set up, I have 10 torches. I would like to set them up throughout the gazebo to make sure it's all lit. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, you can do that after you, you make the, uh, the the rough terrain and the stuff. Northern. That'll probably take it around another hour. Um, unless there's anything else specific anyone wants to do, I can say that we'll just continue doing the rolls and then once all the rolls are finished, it'll be combat time. Do you know where I could get any angelic instruments? Oh, uh, <laughs> like uh, like a harp? Or a lyre? Um, I mean, you could probably get those at Renaissance. I think we have somebody that makes them. Uh, thanks. That's all. Um, so yeah, I want to pull out my short bow and load it and get it ready. And um, now I'm done. So you're just holding it now and in place. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not like holding it like taut but i'm like holding it in my hands with an arrow okay cool um so yeah with that do you guys want me to just roll the rest of the checks oh good roll good roll does anyone have some food (laughs) oh yeah you guys can like snack a little bit during this i don't have any more dried pork belly i gave it all to the wolf that hates me Uh, i gave it all to the wolf that hates me Uh uh-oh as you guys are waiting for this, um, as Tucker is kind of, at first everyone's kind of very on edge and kind of doing setup and stuff like that. However, as time goes on, Tara decides to take a nap. Davina kind of just sits there with her thoughts, multiple thoughts. And Tucker continues to kind of home alone the situation, setting up as much stuff as he can frantically. Every hour that passes, the sun starts to dip towards the horizon and as it settles into nighttime there's a moment an hour before the um an hour before the the exorcism is fully finished in which you guys hear almost in the distance just a before it fades luneth kind of 
gives you guys a concerned look before continuing to finish up the exorcism. Tara, how does your mask work? You put it on and you don't have to make any noise when you're casting or do anything, really. You can just cast from your brain. So it doesn't stop you from hearing other people. Oh, shit. And with that, you guys hear Luneth cry out in concern. Davina, you sense the alarm spell ringing in your ear as the weird kind of whistling moaning sound from before picks up again, but this time the origin of it is much, much closer. And as Luneth backs away with kind of hands outstretched, concerned from the cursed urn, you guys hear it collect. And you hear it emanating directly from the cursed urn as spectral energy starts to gather and swirl like a storm around the urn. And what is much more concerning and immediately worrying to you guys is the tombstones, the, 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 the headstones that you guys had been standing around that Tara had gone to sharpen her axe against earlier. You hear creaking and cracking sounds from them as the earth, the ground starts to swell And as you guys back up, realizing that you may have set our perimeter around the wrong spot, you guys see, or hear rather, a thud, followed by another thud, followed by creaking and breaking wood, as a ghastly, bony hand pushes through the dirt that it was buried as a group of skeletons begins to descend on the party. I would like to shoot the dynamite. And that is where we will end the episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, long-ass episode. Um, thank you guys for soldiering through it with me. A lot of a lot of crazy things. Initially, I was planning on doing two separate episodes, but towards the middle of it with the technical issues and stuff, I decided to just do one. Um Everyone looks pretty exhausted. It's really funny, Eric, that like at the beginning of the the recording, you were like in a room that was bright, and now it's literally yeah, just it looks like you're inside black. of your shell. It's because we're fighting a banshee in a dark place. I was just setting the mood. Ah, but yeah, um, that was the episode thoughts. Uh, I would like to start off by saying fuck you, Michelle. I was not mentally prepared for that conversation. Um. I mentioned in episode already, I had a whole thing planned. As you guys saw, like, I have a lot of numbers written out for this encounter. I did not have the numbers of how to deal with a child that's having an identity crisis. Um, uh... (laughs) (laughs) I did kind of give her that idea. I said, your your truth is shattered in the world and you're questioning everything. Uh... I did give her the idea of, are you even my real dad? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I, I guess it was a collective are, it was a collective effort to fuck it was over a the team dungeon effort. master yeah. god fucking damn it guys and then i had to deal with it because you pe- pushed it off to me <laughs> oh hell yeah dude are you fucking kidding me um dude uh that was difficult gaslight and rewrite that's the that's the model with uh most parents right um anyways 
that was that was great uh really good work on that what did you guys think of your nightmares now i didn't expect you guys to find out about what it was so quickly to be honest it kind of slipped my mind that you guys would be able to just ask a fucking celestial asimar what the hell the thing that was bothering you guys was and it's also really funny that tara was the one that actually rolled high enough because if each of you guys had rolled high on your constitution saving throws, you each would have seen a different creature. I I loved the fact that our older selves, or at least what I interpreted as our like future selves, now embodied the opposite personality characteristics of what we are now. So like Tucker, who was originally like this sort of like self-centered survivalistic character, has become someone that's has like um ties. Yeah, has ties with people and performs like very selfless those matter more than himself yeah exactly for davina it was the fact that like she's originally this naive like really friendly character that's now like bent on revenge and i just like really look forward to playing that character um yeah and then tara whose whole persona was based off of surviving since a young age gave up which just seems very like opposite to her character it's like, I definitely feel like the nightmare was not unusual to me. So when I woke up, I was like, this is still the nightmare. Oh. Um, so like, I am I have PTSD, said Tara. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you properly scared by the fact that your younger sister just appeared in your bed? <laughs> yes, but I thought I was dreaming, which is scary in itself to be like, you know, this is wrong. Um, but I think the part that I was like, hmm, I love that, is the idea that she had no face. Now, don't get me wrong, tons of places have done no face before. I dig no face. In my brain, it was very much like, you know, some people do it where it's just like, just skin. I hate that. My favorite. That's how I imagined it. My favorite is when it's pixelated like a computer generating too many faces at the same time and your brain can't comprehend it. Ooh. So when you're like, oh, there's no face there. I'm like, it's such a generic face. It's such a, I can't even identify it as a face. It keeps changing into more generic faces. Like it's not hers. It's not real. And I was like, yeah, I like that better than the idea of just like, I ate her face and now there's skin there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun to role play for sure. Um, also, just the fact that you like decided to go up to her. <laughs> I was like, um. Yeah, no, Tara wouldn't have been spooked. Like getting up in the night and seeing something standing there looking at you is like really typical if you have, if you live with that many people. <laughs> So she's like, oh, another day. Yeah. She gets up and she goes and she's like, go to sleep, go back to sleep. Like, that's what you would tell your siblings. Hey, stop staring at me. You woke me the fuck up. <laughs> this was a very interesting episode. I think this gave us a lot of insight into the ways in which our characters are changing. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? How blindsided were you? I was traumatized by having to fucking roleplay with a child that was having an identity crisis. Thank you, by the way, Michelle, for that fucking preview of my life in like 20 years or something when I have a teenage fucking son or daughter or whatever trying to fucking... Uh... Your training wheels. Yeah. Good luck, daddy-o. <laughs> 
but yeah any any questions concerns oh um we didn't fucking talk about the the renaissance um whatchamacallit the the renaissance and we also didn't talk about fucking tucker and osley's weird fucking uh man fight you guys were acting like yeah you guys were acting like roommates but like the hint hint wink wink roommates i don't know if you felt it but i felt it that's like it's a very it's a very cheap kind of like romance trope to kind of have like four back-to-back stupid miscommunications that could have been solved like with just like yeah basic communication and then after all of those are like solved they like get together i don't know like you see that so often it's like a cheap thing that people use that's true (laughs) i feel attacked (laughs) not as tucker as eric (laughs) i found it super super funny I think you guys are going to end up together. That's the funny thing. <laughs> like, I see. I didn't see it as a romance thing at all. I just saw it as a miscommunication between like friends. Of course, you wouldn't. <laughs> damn, yo, she's getting fat. Damn. See, see, he was all like pissed off about me talking about money, and then I was like, I was pissed off because it seems like he wants to take advantage of me. He's like, what? You're going to be the only one to benefit from this I don't think you were listening because he was like, I don't really want money to get in between us. And you're like, I'll just take my money somewhere else. (laughs) And he was like, I really like you more than the money, homie. And you were like, oh my God. And you ran away. Uh, I feel like the way that this is playing, Osley is the one that has a crush on Tucker. Yes. Doesn't know it yet. Yes, exactly. Oh my god, this is fucking an anime yeah. at this point yeah. in the and show. And he's a bear, <laughs> and you're a bear, and it's just gonna work. Does Tucker grow bear hair? And you're a bear? What? Wait, does Tucker grow hair? Giant why are turtle? we bears? I imagine I it's like know. mucusy. We bear bears, that's why. I feel like he's yeah. more of an otter, if anything, but yeah. he's hairless. Anyways, anyways. Like a town? We, are, we have gone so Otters far off are like young bears. Though. Um... I think that's it for today. And less fat. Thank you guys so much for joining us at the After Hours Adventures <laughs> podcast. Um, wait, Michelle, Kylie, you guys were drinking earlier. Do a clink. Do a clink, clink. Better. I literally didn't hear that Do it at again. All. Do it a few times. More. With vigor. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me do it with a soju bottle. Uh. No. not babe uh jonathan very lightly hold the caps and (laughs) shut up very (laughs) very lightly hold the caps and just clink the bottoms together yeah there we go all right right. Uh, in which case yeah i think we can call it there good night bye adios